Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today. Praise God. Normally, I would greet you, of course, in Studio A, but we're doing some audio uh, technical changes over there. Uh, as well as then moving over here and making some upgrades as well to the audio. But today I'm over here, Studio B, sitting down, hanging out with you, just glad and happy to be with you, whether sitting or standing, praise God. I want to show you a scripture as we're going to receive the tithes and offerings now that will really help you when you face like sticking points or resistance in life. This would be 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So Paul tells Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. There is the battleground that can intensify at times when you're about to get a breakthrough or you're about to possess a portion of your inheritance. Uh, it's like the enemy can just do all kinds of weird, crazy things. Maybe even computers go wrong. Maybe certain technical things don't work right. So you really have to learn during times like that to push through because you can be a tither and you can be a giver, but when it comes time for you to bump up to that next level of increase and financial blessing, the enemy doesn't just sit back and say, well, their tither will just, you know, not try to block this. So you must keep your faith online for increase, for, uh, you know, uh, possession of what God has for you. Let me just give you a little example of how this works, because it's, it's a spiritual battlefield that we're working on. You know, um, I ministered in London, England, just, uh, you know, some weeks back. And before I went over to minister, as I always know, uh, there uh, will be the enemy that will try to hold back the breakthroughs or the flow of the anointing that God wants to establish. So I went into those meetings having fasted for 12 days, didn't eat any food for 12 days. And so we flew over there, my wife and I, and the moment the journey begins, it's like the enemy is trying to make it as hard as possible. Uh, the flight staff on the plane were some of the rudest, maybe the rudest flight crew I've ever met in my life before. Uh, uh, just downright even nasty. I don't know, maybe they haven't had enough sleep or something like that, but they were rude to everybody. By the way, that's, that's one of the reasons why in the top 40 airlines of the world, there's not one U.S. airline in the top 40. I think we do have one airline that's number 41, but there's a reason for that. And uh, so all uh, the days or the steps leading into the meetings, uh, once it begins, uh, the enemy just starts trying to do all kinds of weird, abnormal things. Because normally on flights, everything's peaceful and nice and stuff like that. But if you're going into battle, the enemy can work through vessels that are able to yield to him, even if they don't know they're doing it. But, you know, we, we press through those things, no big deal, and get to the hotel room, check in uh, in the afternoon. And the moment we checked in, uh, a party started in the hotel room next to us. Mind you, this is a very nice hotel in uh, the banking district of London, really the banking district of the European Union, and everything's high end, so you would not think 
something like this would be going on. So a party started at about three o'clock in the afternoon in the room right next to us. And, you know, Pastor Kelly and I just thought, well, uh, they'll eventually leave or maybe they're going to check out, but they had actually just checked in. And what started at three o'clock went all the way uh, till about three o'clock in the morning and around, you know, 11 o'clock at night, one o'clock, two o'clock, etc. after having made many calls to the manager on duty and he even coming up and uh, telling them to be quiet and stuff like that. The party just went, uh, it went wild. It was loud. And, uh, you know, there were over 10 people in the room next to us. And that stuff only ever happens when I'm going to minister and there's going to be a breakthrough. It's the only time stuff like that happens. Now, keep this in mind. The crazy party went on till about three o'clock in the morning. That that uh, that morning after breakfast, I've got to record commercials that are going to go into over two hundred nations of the world for God TV, and so I've got to be rested. Not only that, that night I go into the first meeting, but you know what? The enemy. He does these things. You have got to learn to push. That's why I go in with prayer and with fasting and time in the Word. Why? I know He's going to try to block it. And He tried His very, very best. But despite everything that the enemy threw at it, the first night was really good. But the second, the second night, boom, total breakthrough. And I knew that we had hit it and that we had punched it through. Uh, I'll, I'll just give you one example. Not only was the anointing, moving really, really strong, and God was really ministering to people, and people were having tangible, real, authentic encounters with the Holy Spirit. But also, that video that was uh, uploaded on the pastor's Facebook channel, uh, which, you know, like like normally maybe would have 800 views for a, uh, a message or something like that, that video of, of that meeting I did has gone over 1 million views. Why? Because God broke through. People were really touched by the power of God. And the enemy was doing everything he could to stop it. But I broke through. And you, and you know what? The moment, now watch this, the moment the meetings were concluded, everything is like total tranquility. It's like the waters of the Galilee are smooth as glass. But the enemy, up until that point, will contest you. What do you do? You fight the good fight of faith. You just put your head down and you just say, in the name of Jesus, we're going to go through, we're going to get a breakthrough. By the way, the hotel manager, the day manager, who is way more uh, important, has way more authority than the night manager, profusely apologized to us, treated us lavishly after this uh, thing had happened. And they act, would you believe they actually, now we're staying at a Hilton, they actually found out that the people in the next room, when they checked out, they were all, all over 10 people in that room, they were all Hilton employees from Hilton Corporate. And the manager was so upset about the uh, horrible treatment that was done and their, uh, that he even launched an, etern- an internal investigation against those people. So they're in hot water, and we got blessed. We got our job done on all fronts. <laughs> I mean, after that, we would come back into the hotel room, and there would be like uh, chocolate truffles, 
uh, laid out. There would be uh, like high-end, uh, like swan decorations with the towels. They really went all out to try to offset, make up for what happened. But that's after we broke through. Do you see that? So you have to understand how the enemy works. And it's like that financially. You can be tithing and you can be giving, but the enemy will try to do things that would be a hiccup or glitch or to block that great harvest that God has for you. So push and fight the fight of faith, not against people, but against the enemy that's working behind the scenes to try to uh, maybe pull you out of the spirit. You got to really stay on these things. Praise the Lord. You know, there was one person in that room next door. I guess that person was the party leader. She must have been a girl. She was probably about maybe 25 years old. And she laughed nonstop for about uh, 12 hours. <laughs> and her laugh was like this. <laughs> it was just like that. And she would just laugh like that nonstop, probably half drunk, for 12 hours. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, and the next morning when I've got to do the uh, commercials, uh, I guess eventually they had gotten drunk and fallen asleep. But right when the cameraman, we were going to record the first commercial, right when he was doing the countdown and, uh, you know, from 10, 9, 8, and then when he gets to 5, he goes silent because he goes, you know, like 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. But that part is now rolling. We're recording. When he went 5, 4, and when he said 3, guess what happened next door? Ah! It all started back up again. You cannot, listen very carefully, you cannot let the devil rattle you. And I just cut right through it. It didn't even phase me. I went ahead and knocked out commercial after commercial after commercial, which will air during the Christmas holidays. But the enemy lost again. And it's like he has vessels that he can work through, even when they don't know it. They don't know what we're doing next door or anything like that. But uh, you have got to fight the fight of faith so that you can get it done and you can receive the good things that God has for you, as well as breaking it through for others as well. Mm -mm. Now, having said that, I want you to fight the good fight of faith by honoring the Lord with your finances, bringing the tithe in, which is 10% of our income, 10% of our increase. Somebody just got an inheritance a few days ago and uh, sent the ministry the tithe on the inheritance. So all increase, the tithe belongs to the Lord, and that's the way to do it. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory, 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 glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, for those of you that prefer to mail in your tithes, your offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code here is 28654. Now, if you want to give online, the convenience of that is that you can do it anywhere in the world as long as you have internet access. Okay, so jump online, stephenbrooks.org. That's our ministry website. And there on the homepage, Look up top, there's a header that says Give Online, and you can click that, and it opens up a little giving menu. You can put the tithe in, and then if you want to give an offering, you can click another area maybe that you could like give the offering into. We have different projects that we focus on. And so go ahead and honor God with your finances and fight the fight of faith. 
to break through to the next level, to flow with the prosperity anointing. Don't ever tolerate lack and just say, well, maybe, uh, maybe we're just going through a dry season. No, don't tolerate things like that. Fight with your faith that your finances are always moist and prosperous and increasing. Don't, don't to- anything that you tolerate won't leave your life. So fight the good fight of faith, and you're going to see the breakthroughs. You're going to see the breakthroughs. Now, the good news is that when we get to heaven, those uh, battles are over. We're in a place of no sin, no darkness, eternal joy, and happiness. Praise God. Glory to God. But while we're here, yes, use your faith to stay on task and get the job done. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people now as they're tithing. As they're honoring you by sowing financial seed, bless them. Bless them, oh God. I thank you that they're going to punch it through, push it through, pray it through. By faith, fight it through. I thank you that there is increase on their horizon. And for some, it's the very next day. Others, they're merging into it even uh, during this month. Father, we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I tell you, you won't stay the same. You are going to your new level. Praise the Lord. All right, today, in the message that the Holy Spirit has put up on my heart, I want to talk about securing your future. Securing your future. And let's go over to Second Chronicles chapter 8. I've always loved this verse. And it has a, a prophetic meaning as well. We'll take a look at that. Second Chronicles chapter 8, verse 16. And let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word that this is our destiny book. Every good thing that you've got planned is packaged in your word. And we thank you for unveiling it as we study it with opened eyes. Now, Father, we give you praise. Let your Holy Spirit move and speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Glory to God. Second Chronicles chapter 8, verse 16. Let me grab a drink of hot tea. Excuse me just a moment. Praise the Lord. Verse 16, now all the work of Solomon was well-ordered, well-ordered from the day of the foundation of the house of the Lord until it was finished. So the house of the Lord was completed. My friends, the temple that Solomon built, uh, perhaps the most magnificent physical structure ever erected on the face of the earth, is a type also of the believer because we are the temple of God. We as individuals and as a corporate body of believers are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So the more well-ordered your life is, the better you're going to finish. And here's the catch. You want order established at the uh, very beginning of the construction of the temple. You want the blueprints right. You You know, the temple of Solomon was built with such well thought out plans that when it was put together, you never once heard the sound of clanging metal. You never heard iron uh, tools slamming up against uh, stone or, or anything like that. It was all quarried, carved, shaped off-site. And you had individual blocks that were cut and polished off-site, and then they would be brought in, and they're all numbered, and they each go into their own spot, and they're just slid and placed together. It was very, very quiet, 
calm and peaceful. But that was all because of the wisdom that God gave Solomon so that the whole process from the beginning was well-ordered. And this is what I want to emphasize today about securing your future. If you order your life very, very well, you will finish good. You will finish well. And there's areas of extension that can even go beyond your physical time on the earth if you get this right. That's why I want you to pay uh, special attention today, perhaps if you have your own ministry, perhaps if you have your own business, or uh, maybe you're part of an organization and you want to be around long-term, please listen to these biblical principles because it will help you not only to uh, build where things go peacefully, but even you finish it in the right way, and it's, uh, it stands the test of time. Praise the Lord. Here's an uh, interesting truth. You'll never know the value of order until you set it. Think about that. You'll never know the value of order until you set it. So set it, and then you'll see the value. When order is set, amazing things happen. Waste, for example, is greatly diminished. Sometimes waste can even be eliminated entirely. Uh, time and resources are fully utilized. Order is often underappreciated, but it does carry a priceless value. Have you noticed that also, that order is actually underappreciated, but it does carry a priceless value? No organization. Now, I want you to think about this. If you have your own business, you have your own ministry, there's something that uh, maybe on the side that you're developing, no organization or structure has a future without order. Mm -mm. Where there is no order, there's chaos. And I've noticed over the years that many crisis situations and organizations or certain structures, they actually can be traced back to a lack of order. I have a minister friend, and he's on, he's on many television networks. And I said, hey, uh, I said, what's going on with this network? They, uh, it seems like there's a lot of instability. He said, Stephen, I'm not real sure, but it does seem like they go from one crisis to another. Well, you know what happened is that uh, the person that established that work of the Lord stepped out, and then they brought a new person in, and this person was on the job from day one, and today it's one of the fastest-growing networks in the world, and everything is run in a very beautiful, good way. Well, also what had happened with the person that stepped out is that his life was out of order. He was caught up in some things that were really uh, undermining uh, not only his own personal life, but even the work of God. So when he got out and the right person got in, then peace in the, uh, just immediately began to come into that ministry. And you'll notice that Oftentimes when there's a crisis situation, it can be traced back to there is a lack of order somewhere. Mm -mm. So this is uh, something that we need to ponder, especially when you look at this scripture about the way that Solomon built the temple, keeping in mind that you as an individual are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You set order for a building from the foundation. I want to say it again. It's very simple, but very profound. You set order 
for a building from the foundation. You don't renovate a foundation. You want to get it right from the start. Now, it is possible to renovate a foundation. If you ever watch these uh, home building shows, they can renovate foundations, but it's very expensive. But if, if the structure becomes larger and you move from a house that maybe has a slab concrete foundation, and then you get into things like skyscrapers and uh, other types of uh, big commercial buildings, you could have multi-million dollar problems on your hand. So you want to get the foundation right. You know, a lot of people, they look at certain structures and maybe uh, over the years, they have begun to shift. If you look at the Tower of Pisa in Italy, and you know, it's the famous tower that's like leaning uh, at a very uh, dangerous angle. You know, the truth is, is that the engineers actually built that tower correctly, but they did not take into the account the soil that was underneath the tower. So they used the right structures because they built other towers that stood the test of time. But that one, uh, did, uh, it had a different type of soil, and that soil began to compact and compress, and it caused the tower to tilt. So you want to get these foundational issues right from the beginning, not later down the road, and you realize, hey, we didn't, we didn't do that right. You want to get it right from the start. If the founder or the founders fail to put the right order into an organization or a certain type of, let's say, like a ministry structure, then it will not stand the test of time. So here's something that we all need to know. Order will not set itself. You, my friend, you have to set it. Woo! Praise God. Look at this in uh, Titus. Uh, Titus chapter 1 and verse 5. Paul, speaking to Titus, said, For this reason I left you in Crete, by the way, that's, that's a pretty nice place to be left at. Crete is the largest island uh, amongst the Grecian islands, and it's a very, very beautiful place. But he says, I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking. So there are things that, that were lacking, so it's got to be fixed. I, said, uh, I, I, I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. Praise the Lord. So certain forces, they have to go into play in order to set things in order. And if you're too busy to do it, you need to get somebody, whether it's a Titus or Timothy, that can. And they've watched you and they know how to do it so that we can get this thing running in accordance with the way that God has established this to work. You know, when I think about good structures, good organizations, uh, some things that come to mind, of course, would be the Catholic Church, which has been around for centuries. And then you have the Eastern Orthodox Church. Of course, they both claim apostolic uh, secession. There's a little bit of a uh, tension in that area. <laughs> uh, and that, that's understandable, but they have tremendous order, and that order has allowed them to continue on despite who is the apostolic leader over that organization. It has allowed them to endure uh, through wars, through um, uh, you know all types of uh, climates and economic changes and this and that and the other, and they're still going. What does that give it a good testament to the structure and order that they put in place from the beginning? Praise the Lord. You know, I've got books at home 
that are on my shelf that are copies of originals. The originals are in the Vatican Library in Rome. But these books, one of them is 270 years old. Another one is a, a copy that's 400 years old. Another one is a copy that's probably about 600 years old. And I have another one that is a copy of a book in the Vatican Library that is 1,300 years old. So the, the reason I'm able to just go to my bookshelf and grab this and take it off and start reading it, and some of it is so good, despite the fact that it's centuries old, it's almost like it, it, you're reading it like they wrote it yesterday because it's so anointed. The fact that I'm able to have that joy and that privilege to be able to do that is because of the structure and order within these various organizations that built their work to, to uh, stand the test of time. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let me put a picture of a wonderful person up on the screen right now. And uh, this is the ministry of Catherine Kuhlman, and she passed away in 1976. And uh, you're seeing a large stadium packed with tens of thousands of people. And as you and I know, that was very normal in her ministry. Praise God. While Billy Graham was the leading evangelist in the world. Catherine Kuhlman was the leading healing evangelist in the world. And she had just uh, massive crowds and millions and millions of dollars poured into the ministry. Uh, she had her own uh, office building. Uh, it her place was known as the Catherine Kuhlman Foundation. Well, Pastor Stephen, that's wonderful with, uh, with a worldwide ministry uh, and on TV like that. She's ready to uh, st uh, stand the test of time until Jesus comes back. Did you know that in the year 2016, which was about a, you know, like a 40-year span since after she passed away, that in the year 2016, they permanently closed her office building. What does that mean? That means that her ministry is it's over. Uh, there are some books that are out there like on eBay or Amazon that you could pick up, but they're not being printed anymore. If you want to find her, her messages, yes, by, by video, there's a few that are out there on YouTube, but she had a whole bunch of messages and they, they were all archived. What happened to them? Where are they? Most of them are in uh, Wheaton College and they are stored there and a digitized form. So if you want to see them, you have to go there and, you know, uh, check in and, and look at all of that stuff. But in other words, you don't, uh, you and I, we don't really have access to them. What about all of the radio messages that she did on a daily basis, teaching the word of God? What happened to all of that? It's all gone. The foundation closed its doors. Matter of fact, if you pull up Catherine Kuhlman Foundation on Google, you'll see an image that says uh, the old building and it says permanently closed. Wow. Amazing. You know, here in Moravian Falls, there's a little bitty cabin and I've, I've been to it before. Uh, recently it was almost completely eaten up with termites. So I think somebody bought it and they were going to do some renovations on it. Needs a lot of work. But, uh, some years back, about 15 years ago, uh, there was a great prophet that used to live in that little cabin, but he moved away and, uh, the cabin was left uh, empty. That prophet had health problems, had some other problems, so he never made it back. 
And so the exterior of the building of that little house began to really decay. And so um, there was a man and his wife that just volunteered at no charge to go to that man's house and mow the grass, trim the bushes. Because if you leave it uh, ungr- uh, by, by itself, the trees will start growing in and it'll start to turn into like a jungle. And so they kind of kept care, uh, took care of it until one day came uh, that that precious couple actually had the money to buy it. And so they bought it from the prophet. And that man told me, he said, Stephen, you wouldn't believe it when I went inside that little cabin. He said, there on the coffee table, because the house had not been touched on the inside for years. He said, there was a coffee table. There were letters on that coffee table from that great prophet to Catherine Kuhlman and letters from Catherine Kuhlman written back to that great prophet And it's just, he said, there was church history all over the place, just thrown like it was just like trash and just like left there. And I don't really know what happened to all of that. Uh, I think maybe it just got gathered up. And, uh, but I do know at the, at the worst scenario, it's in the hands of a private owner. It's never going to be seen. And a lot of those things would really bless a lot of people. All of the TV shows that Catherine Kuhlman did. So you can find a few on YouTube, but she did a whole bunch of them for years. She did radio for years. You can't find it. What happened? Well, uh, it was the structure. You have to consider the way that you structure your ministry because if you do it right, it can outlive you. Now, I'm not just talking about businesses that are, you know, like IBM and other things like that that just keep on going, you know, decade after decade, generation after generation. But even with ministry, you want to get these things right. My wife and I were driving in Charlotte, and we passed a building. We've been by it multiple times. Uh, it's a building that, uh, that was the world headquarters of a well-known charismatic Pentecostal preacher who passed away decades back. And you know what? That building is still their world headquarters. It is still fully staffed. It still, are you ready for this, has millions of dollars flowing into it. Although the founder, he's been in heaven for a long time. And they still have offices in 45 nations of the world and they're expanding. Why? What's different? The structure. The way it was structured at the beginning and also throughout it so that it can uh, accommodate the growth. And also if there's any tweaks or changes that need to be made, those things are done. And so this one ministry continues on and it's actually thriving, although the founder has been gone for a long time. Whereas another ministry that at one point was larger, had more money, had worldwide notoriety, the doors are now closed and they're never going to reopen. Wow. Very, very interesting. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Mm -mm. You know, I have been in ministry now for over 25 years. And when I started out in ministry, there were a few men that I knew that were what we would call old-time Pentecostal that had some very unusual anointings that were rare in their day, but in today's Uh, modern era, you you very rarely ever see any type of that type of a manifestation or moving of the spirit. And, you know, those ministers, when they died, it's like everything went to the grave with them. There's, uh, you can't, you couldn't find them. If you did a white pages search, Google search, Bing search, there is zero information. 
some of their amazing books they wrote that totally out of print will never be reprinted and they're gone no website uh, the sermons they preached, even the ones that were recorded, it's like all of the audio cassette tapes must have just been thrown in the dumpster or trash. Zero uh, memory, in a sense, of anything that was done. You might think, well, Pastor Stephen, that's terrible. Why would that happen? Lack of structural order when the temple was built. Wow, praise God. But many of you, you're listening to me. God's going to take you to great heights, but in order to get there, you're going to have to be like Solomon in the sense where when you do things, particularly in these areas of constructing a business, constructing a building, constructing a ministry, you get it right from the foundation. Woo! Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. We need to look for examples of those who are still here after a long period of time or maybe they've gone on, but they did it right. Those are the kind of examples we want to follow. Let me take you to uh, the book of Hebrews just for a moment. This will be uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7. Let me grab a drink of some hot tea. Verse 7. Remember, <clears throat> remember your leaders who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct, considering the outcome of the way that they lived their lives, and how because of their faithfulness, it worked really good for them. See, it's not just how you start, although it could be spectacular, and it's also not like how you would be performing or doing maybe at a midway point, but you have to look before you get there towards the future and even plan for the future, so that you also finish well. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. You know, many of you are familiar with the story of the first iPhone, of how uh, Steve Jobs, the CEO at Apple, was two weeks away from releasing the iPhone. And the one that he had showed to everybody and demoed, uh, he had put it in his pocket uh, but he had a coin or something in his pocket, and it scratched the screen. And he told uh, his assistant, he said, you know what? I am not satisfied with this plastic screen type material. He said, I want a special type of glass. And they said, we're going to launch in two weeks. There's, there's no way. He said, we're going to make a way. He said, I'm not going to uh, settle for anything less. And they reached out to one company. Now listen, they reached out to one company that had been in business for over 100 years. I've driven by them. They're, they're the Corning Glass Company in New York. I've driven by their headquarters. They have been in uh, business unabated, doing glass work for over 100 years. Apple reached out to them and said, can you help us? And you know what? Decades earlier, uh, Corning Glass had created a type of glass in their uh, R&D department that was super strong, that could bend, that was extremely thin, and they ended up branding it as Gorilla Glass. But when they discovered it and they saw its properties, you know what? There was no use for it. So you know what they did? They put it on the shelf. That technology that high-end glass, which became Gorilla Glass, they just put it on the shelf. There was no need for it until Apple called, and they said, yeah, we've got exactly what will work for you. And thus, 
there was a great solution. But that, that is one of the blessings of having in your organizational structure a determination that you're just not a fly by night, nor are you like a shooting star. So let me share something interesting. There are those of you that are watching, and some of you, of course, you were born as an individual, but you're actually destined to die as an institution. You're destined to raise something up, to establish something, to bless the church, to bless humanity, to bless Israel in the sense where you are now walking in something where you have moved from the identity of just being an individual to now there's an institution that surrounds you. Mm -mm. Think about that because that is where God is taking some of you to an institutional type identity. Praise God. Woo. So you want good order to not only sustain longevity, but to have the systems in place to handle large scale growth. If it's a small mess on a small scale, it's going to be a huge mess if you are bumped up to what? To a huge scale. So you want everything well ordered. Look, we're never going to reach perfection, but we should strive for it. Perfection is only available in heaven, but we should strive for it. And the way that we make continual progress is by con uh, continually examining and looking into ways where we can continually improve our systems of order. Every ministry and business, I want to speak to you right now and say prophetically, you're going to stand the test of time. Maybe your son, maybe your daughter will want to take over. Maybe uh, a young entrepreneur one day down the road will want to take over. Oh, Pastor Stephen, we're, we're running out of time. Jesus is coming back tomorrow. That's why people don't build good systems. And I am ready for the return of the Lord. I, I want to live my life as if I'm ready to go at any moment. But that, that other side of the coin of just wanting to get out is why some have not prepared for the future and they never baked into the recipe of their life what can be established so that what they have built regardless of how beautiful it is, can continue on as a blessing even after you're gone. Mm, 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 mm. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. You're going to stand the test of time. Hebrews chapter 6. Let's turn back over there. Hebrews chapter 6, and this will be uh, verse 12. Do not become sluggish. Some translations say do not become lazy but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. It does take a lot of hard work to set order. And I'm just being honest. It, it takes effort to do that, but you have to set the order and nobody else will do it for you. Take the time to set the order because order brings what I would call not just accountability. It actually brings detailed accountability and I think there's something in us a little bit like Adam. Now, I know we've been redeemed, and we are saved, and so we're a new creation. But remember, when the Lord came to talk to Adam after the fall, Adam, in a sense, tried to blame shift and basically said, it was the woman you gave me that gave me that fruit. So it was not, it was Adam trying to dodge his responsibility. But order actually brings detailed 
accountability. What it does is that it helps us to face our responsibility, and this leads us to get good at even defining responsibilities. So you'll not only face your responsibility, but you'll define it because you want to meet those obligations. You want to live up to what God has called you to be. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. You know, here in the ministry, we have quite a few uh, subcontractors in different states, whether it's Texas or Georgia, and we have, we've got subcontractors all over America, and they do a great job, but each one has a different and unique role, and they, they do such a good job. We have, we have multiple subcontractors who have been with us now for over 20 years. We have some that have been with us for over 10 years, but each understands their well-defined role. Each role is actually specified and written out on paper. And that way they know what they're supposed to do. That way we know uh, what their commitment is and there's no gray areas and everything flows smoothly and works well. Mm -mm. Glory to God. You must define order. Praise the Lord. Now any church, business, or ministry that is without a proper structure is bound to collapse. It's only a matter of time if it does not have good structure built into it. Mm -mm. So uh, you need to know what God has committed into your hand because we all have uh, different responsibilities, but you need to know what that is and just simply take your responsibility. Glory to God. And whatever is uh, demanded to meet that, step up and do it and watch God bless you. Praise the Lord. Look at this in the book of Acts, talking about embracing uh, your responsibility. Acts chapter 2, uh, excuse me, Acts chapter 6, verse 2, then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business but we, we apostles, will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Now, we're in Acts chapter 6, of course, but if these men had not embraced their responsibilities and had their ministries well-ordered, there would be no Acts chapter 7. Instead, instead, Acts chapter 6 would have ended and we could have had maybe a really good cookbook Maybe because now they're cooking beans and now they're making beef kebabs and now they're making falafels uh, to feed all of these hungry women that are widows. It could be that the apostles said, you know what? We're pretty good at cooking. Why don't we all come together and make a collaborative cookbook? We could call it the health benefits of the Mediterranean diet. And John, you could, uh, you could, I tell you what, John, you're really good on that challah bread. We'll have you do the forward, you know, or Peter, Peter, the miracle worker, a special recipe on preparing the Galilean tilapia fish mm -mm. broiled with garlic and lemon. Mm. Wow. I mean, who knows where this could go? But they said, no, they said, no, we, we cannot pull away from our responsibility, which is to do what? Give ourselves to the word and prayer. 
And be careful because people always don't understand what your role or responsibility is, which you have well-defined. So sometimes they'll try to pull you out of that, but you must embrace it so that you keep that order in your life. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. No surprises. No surprises. Acts chapter 16. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 16, verse 4. And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep, which were uh, determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. Okay, no surprises. This is what you're supposed to go around and teach. These are the doctrines laid down. This is what the apostolic council has decided on. Okay, it's all written out. Okay, good. We're going to follow that. Sounds good. What happens? Everybody's faith was strengthened, and the church grew daily in numbers. No surprises. Everything working just the way it's supposed to. Why? Order produces growth. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So you can only come into a place where you have this real smooth order, like a well-oiled machine, when people are content to be in the place that God has called them to. Now, it doesn't mean that they might not be in at a different place 10 years later. It doesn't mean that the place that perhaps you're in may not shift and God uh, would not change your assignment later. But if this is where God has you now, you need to be there with a good heart and serve and be content. Uh, something interesting in James chapter 3 is said about this. James uh, 3 verse 16 for where envy and self-seeking exist, disorder and every evil thing are there. So if there's envy or self-seeking, like selfish ambition, then disorder begins to come in. So you have to know your spot. If you're Moses, you're called to the children of Israel. But if you're Aaron, you're called to serve Moses. And you need to be content and happy in that place. You know, um, uh, I was speaking with an elder uh, a few months back. This elder has served his pastor for 44 years. And you know, the elder, I was reading his book because we were exchanging books. Uh, the elder told me uh, that what is interesting is that the man of God that he serves, he said, I would not want to be him. He said, I'm happy to be the elder. And yes, I have served faithfully by God's grace for 44 years, but I would not want to be the man of God. Why? He said, when he goes home, work's over with. When he goes home uh, from working all day at the ministry, uh, he, uh, you know, he could relax. He can do his thing. He's not responsible for the million dollar a week TV bill. That's, that's on the pastor. He's not responsible for that. He's not responsible for all of these other things that, that come that only that man of God has the grace on his shoulders to carry it. And this elder knows he doesn't have that grace. He does not have that anointing. So he's called to serve in a support role to the great man of God. And he's very content in that, very blessed in that. And also that's where his reward from God is is connected to his life. So you have to find that place, and that's when order really begins to run very, very smooth. Not everybody is called to lead. They may want to, 
but not everybody is called to. You have to have a supporting cast, and we just all need to do our thing. Why? So that we keep disorder out. We're content with what God has given us, and the truth is nobody else can do what you can do the way that you can do it. Woo! Praise the Lord. You know, um, uh, years back, this was a couple of decades back, they were building uh, this giant uh, glass telescopic dish uh, there in Hawaii, which was at that time like the largest outdoor telescope in the world. And, uh, and so it came time where it had to be set in place. And there was only one man who could drive the equipment and operate it with such precision that it wouldn't be damaged. But what was happening is that he was just about to retire, and the company that he worked for did not want to play, uh, pay all of the expensive retirement benefits, so they laid him off just before he was about to retire. A real dirty deed. A real dirty deed. Well, the company got stuck because they knew the only person that can set that dish in the place was him. And you know what? They brought him back, and he worked to get that in place, and it was done perfect, and it gave him enough hours that pushed him over that limit where he now could claim full-time retirement. So you have to come into your place. You're unique. You don't have to be the guy that built the telescope. You don't have to be the person that all the newspapers are talking about because nobody really talked about the guy operating that crane, but he, they couldn't have done it without him. So we all take our position and we keep confusion out, we keep disorder out, and everything keeps running smoothly the way God wants it to. Now, please lift your hands. Glory to God. Some of you, uh, you sense the call over your life. You're not there yet, but you will end up as an institution in a sense that it becomes bigger than you as an individual. Now, get ready. Father, I pray for those that are listening right now. I pray that, like Solomon, that the temple, its construction from beginning of foundation to completion be well ordered. I pray, Father, that your people live straight, that there be ever, no fudging on taxes, no fudging on numbers, that they do everything by the book, they do everything above board. And uh, Father, I just thank you for your grace upon them because you're empowering them to build and to establish something that even if they don't see the fruit of it yet, it's going to be a lot bigger than them. And we thank you, Father, that with good structure, there's the ability to support a lot of weight or, or a lot of growth. So bless them, help them to do it right, and help them, Father God, to only do what you've called them to do. That's all they're responsible for. So we thank you for a stress-free, turbulent-free life. Bless your people with a well-ordered temple construction, a well-ordered life in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Now, if you're watching today and your life is not right with God, then your life is out of order. You need to come home. You need to come to the Lord. Praise God. If you don't know Jesus, I want to pray for you to receive him in just a moment. Also, if you used to be a Christian, but you have fallen into sin, sin is disorder. God can bring you out and establish beautiful peace and order in your life. I want you to pray also with me. Now let's pray together. Just say this, just pray it to the Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, my life's a mess. Come into my life. Save me. Save me from the disorder of sin. 
Jesus, give me your new life. Wash all of my sins away with your precious blood and write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Step into my life right now and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. 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 Glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Get ready to say goodbye to all of the wild, crazy drama and live a life of peace and serenity and happiness where uh, you're not on a roller coaster ride. Hallelujah. A roller coaster might be fun for about three minutes. <laughs> But uh, nobody wants a perpetual ride. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. I see the Lord really stabilizing you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's take Holy Communion today. Grab some unleavened bread or grab a cracker, whatever you have, okay? And uh, grab some grape juice. If you don't have that, grab some apple juice. And we're going to take communion. If you are a Christian, if you are a believer in Jesus, you can take communion together with us around the world. Now let's pray. Father, we bless the bread and the juice. We set it apart as being holy right now. And we thank you that this is the body, the flesh, and the blood of Jesus. Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh, we thank you for your word working in our lives that just like Solomon built the temple the right way, we're going to get it done and we're going to do it the right way. Thank you for your word as our guide and your spirit to direct us along the way. Thank you, O God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, as we receive the Lord's body, this is to a well-ordered life. Let's partake together. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for supernatural protection. We thank you for the blood of Jesus over our minds, over our bodies, over our families, over all that you have given us authority over. Father, we thank you for the blood flowing. We thank you, Father God, that we're going to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold. We're laying hold on our salvation in the sense that this is not just something that we started. This is something that we're going to finish and step over in the glory one day with you. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus covering us the whole time. In Jesus' name we pray. And together we say amen. Let's receive. Woo! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My friends, order will not set itself. Go set order. Go to work. Praise God. You'll see areas that you can just jump into and turn it from uh, disorganized into beauty. Praise the Lord. Go to work and go to work also in the temple. Your spirit, your walk with God, a devotional walk with God, and everything will become like a garden of Eden in your life. Father, bless your people in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for watching. Have a fantastic week, and I'll see you back again real soon. Bye-bye.